Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, welcome to Help I Suck at Dating. I'm Jared Haven, joined by Dean Unglert, who's in a beautiful room, and it sounds great, and the Wi-Fi connection is good. He's ready to go. We have a wonderful episode coming up. Obviously, we're going to talk about Dean's time on Bachelor in Paradise. We're going to talk about all the couples, our thoughts about it. We also have some uh, very special guests that we will announce later on in the show. But first, Dean... How was your Bachelor in Paradise uh, experience down there now that we've gotten to witness it on TV? Well, before we get to that, I actually have a question for you about the location that I'm in since you mentioned it. And I just uh, I wanted to pick your brain really quick. So I am in my house in Las Vegas. Um, I'm in my den, if you will. And what um, constitutes a den? You know, I just I'm just going to start calling it that instead of game room. I think den just has a little bit more sophistication to it. A little bit. more, Yeah. Elegance. So I'm in my den. And I essentially have free reign to do whatever I want in this room. And as you can see, the walls are all white. Um, yeah, it has I, your touch on it. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's very minimalistic at the moment. I, I just I had to ask you a question before we dive into, you know, the meat of this episode. Um, I want to paint the walls black. Uh, do you think that's a horrible idea? Do you think it's going to be too dark? So I'm going to do a lot of like wood paneling. So the black is really going to be more of an accent to the wood. Uh I guess the real question that I have for you is, do I paint my floorboards? Because the floorboards are currently white. The carpet is like this uh, light gray color. But I don't know what to do with the floorboards. Because like, do those get painted? Do those just stay white? Should I paint them like a dark blue color? I don't know what to do. You're talking to the wrong guy. You got to talk to Ashley on that one. I, oh, man, dude, black. The only downside is that you're just going to be dark in there. So if you want it to be like a dark room where you can go and just have extreme anxiety. Yeah, totally. Paint them black. <laughs> Yeah, it's my uh, it's my my dark den of solitude. Yeah, it's be- when you're spiraling. Yeah, just go in your black <laughs> yeah. room. It's perfect. This is when I'm on like super hungover or something. I can just come over here and be like, this is this is the epitome of anxiousness. That's the room that Kaylin s- s- sends you to when she's punishing you. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Go in your black den. Uh, yeah, and she's so it's actually gonna be like a den slash office. So she's gonna spend a little bit of time in here as well, but. You know, this was a little less constructive than I expected it to be. I'm going to paint it black. I'll show, I'll give you a before and after at some point. Um, but anyways, yeah, back to Bachelor in Paradise. So did you watch the finale episode? I saw some of it. You didn't watch a single second of it, did I, you? I, I watched a few seconds of it, okay? okay. I saw when Kendall came down for a, okay. a brief Yeah, minute. that was like probably the apex of the episode. You didn't watch mine and Kaylin's starring roles at all? I know. I'm such a bad friend. I'm going to rewatch it. I have it recorded, ready to go. I've just been a busy guy. That's all. I want to see my my good friend on TV. In full transparency, I didn't see you or Ashley on Paradise last time you were on there. Either. Oh, good. Then I didn't watch a second of this past episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bachelor in Paradise wrapped up. We have our favorite couples. Uh, well, all three of them are our favorite couples, I guess. It'd be Riley and Marissa, Kenny Mari and Joe and Serena. 
And then actually it was weird because it's like the show ended and then they did like a little uh, like an 80s montage of like, this is where they are now kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then we also come to find out that Noah and Abigail are dating and in love and Thomas and Becca are dating and in love. So there's actually five, six couples, if you count Aaron and James, that came off this season, um, which has to be some sort of record, I would say. And they're not just like these flimsy couples uh, where you get sometimes where it's just like, yeah, we'll date. But it seems like every one of these couples is fully in love with each other. So like, I think that's a pretty... Who do you think is going to make it? Do you think they'll all make it? Do you think there's one couple that stands out more than the rest? Yeah, the optimist in me is going to say that they're all going to make it. I think that you kind of always have to come out of it hoping that everyone makes it, right? Like, I'm sure you would say the same thing, but the realist in me is going to, like, at least half of them have to end up. No shot. Right? Uh, Because we've been through it, dude. We're jaded. I mean, how many engagements have we seen? How many people do we know have gotten engaged on this show and it just doesn't end well? Right. They, They don't get married. I mean, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, listen, you get engaged, doesn't work out. Like, I just, yeah, I don't think all the couples are going to work out. The no, the odds are against them. You're right. But t- between the two of us, we've got like at least 10, ex- 10, uh, 10 uh, appearances on reality t- dating television. I will say it's 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 interesting, um, the difference between being on the show and then just watching it as like an audience member. Obviously, like we don't have the, the like the in- insider knowledge that we would from our respective like Bachelor in Paradise seasons. But I do remember specifically from both seasons, even the second one where I only was on the show for like four days, like you could just tell like this couple's not going to last. This couple is going to do really well. This couple has like they're just doing it for clout or whatever it is. This season as an audience member, it didn't seem like there was anyone like chasing clout in the the, the broader sense that we've seen people do it in the past, at least in my opinion. Um, like everyone seems genuinely in love with each other and they all seem like they're pretty good matches with each other. So like, that's why the optimist in me is like saying they, yeah, they're all going to work out. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, it's just like, probably not going to be the case. No, probably not. I mean, I, that's very sweet that you're being a hopeless romantic, but who's, uh, who's your favorite to come from the, from the show? Cause I mean, I, I obviously didn't get to watch the entire finale, but you still have a pretty good grasp on everyone that left the show together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously I guess my favorite couple would be Joe and Serena because we're friends with Joe. I know Joe. I'm rooting for Joe. I love Joe. But obviously, also, my heart goes out to Kendall. I don't know why she went back down there. I don't know what she was thinking. But <laughs> I, I, there's a part of me that feels terrible for Kendall, but I'm also extremely happy for Joe. So I'd say Joe and Serena because I want Joe to be happy. <clears throat> uh, Mari and Kenny. Interesting couple. Uh... Kenny, I like. I like Kenny a lot. So rooting for them. Marissa and Riley, I don't know much about. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you had some reservations about Kenny and Mari, but you clearly like Kenny. So does that mean your reservations lie solely on the Mari side of things? Uh, no, I guess my reservations are more for Kenny, even though I okay. like Kenny because he's just been honest this entire time and dating multiple women and just doing what he wants to do. But so I guess my reservations are more with Kenny than anything. But I also okay, still okay. like Kenny. Thanks for clearing that up. Anytime. So my question is, Abigail and Noah and Becca and Thomas broke up. Now, and now they're back together. So my question, do you think that they broke up because they didn't think that they were good in a relationship anymore? Or do you think they broke up because they didn't want to get engaged at the end of the show? So they were like, well, if we're not going to get engaged, we'll break up and then we'll just start dating afterwards. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to well, get it. Since you didn't, since you didn't watch the episode, I'll just, I guess, take the reins on this one. Perfect. Um, it seemed like with Thomas and Becca, at least, that Thomas really wanted to be in a relationship with Becca, but Becca, obviously, having been through the ringer quite a few times already, both with Ari and, and uh, Garrett, she understandably was like super hesitant. She's like, ah, you know, not going to happen again. Like, I think we should part ways. And then I guess they probably like reconnected right after the show was filming. So that's one of the like the rare occasions where it seems like where the girl is doing the dumping, right? Mm-hmm. It always seems kind of like near the end, like the guy is kind of like the one that's like, oh, I'm not into this. Yeah. Um, so Becca, I think that she just didn't want to have the pressure of another TV engagement or any type of like potential pressure from even leaving in a relationship like that. And then Noah and Abigail was an interesting one because we didn't really see like a whole lot of them all season long, but uh, they, they always like would cut to the ITMs and they'd always be like, yeah, we're the most solid couple here in paradise. And you're like, yeah, I guess. But like, do you ever really do anything to prove it? And so I think their issue was that they really liked each other, but there was never like a, 
there's never a turning point where they were like, wow, we like really, really like each other. Even though Noah did say that he was falling in love with Abigail and Abigail was going to say it back to him. I feel like they were like this, the, a super, super slow burn. And then, so they like, you know, look at all the other couples around them and they're all like madly in love. And then they're still like liking each other and liking each other. Nothing's going wrong, but nothing's going great. And so that's kind of why, in my opinion, they were like, yeah, let's just get out of here separately. Speaking of Abigail, do you make anything of this Dale, Claire and Abigail drama? I saw something about that. Um, I I didn't really follow it too closely, but would you have like a, do you have a synopsis? I don't have an inside knowledge, but the T is Claire posted a photo. Uh, So her mom has been sick for a while, which is really sad. And, you know, Claire is super close to her. And she posted a picture of her, I believe, holding hands with her mom and saying about how, you know, it's been tough times. They obviously just, and she just ended a public relationship and going into things of that nature. But then she tagged Abigail in the picture. So she just pretty much says in this, I'm choosing not to speak right now on the details of my relationship, because at the end of the day, anyone could put uh, their own opinion or throw words together to form any narrative they want. Uh, So she just goes on. She says, I'm thankful for the people in my life who offer genuine, unconditional love with no personal gain and stand by me through thick and thin, especially when the cameras are off with no accolades. Actions speak for themselves. So she posted that and tagged Abigail. Obviously, everybody screenshotted it. If that's if you can do a past tense of screenshot. And then she untagged Abigail. And now there's this whole thing coming out that Dale and Abigail possibly hooked up when Dale and Claire were still together. But it's all just the hmm. rumor mill. Nobody knows. Any thoughts on it? You were smiling. Do you have like inside knowledge about this? I Well, I definitely don't have any inside knowledge of it, unfortunately. I uh, I do remember seeing the, the tag of Abigail. But then I remember since like, since well, because of this podcast and because Kayla and I have been watching Bachelor in Paradise, I'll like search, you know, Bachelor contestants on Instagram every once in a while. And so now my Explore page is like almost all like Bachelor news. And so I've seen like a lot of like Instagram photos of like, what is the truth behind the Abigail? Like, how did Abigail get roped in this whole Derek, Dale Claire thing? And I haven't, I just haven't really been interested enough to even click on it to kind of get the inside scoop on what's going on. But it just seems, I don't know, it, uh, it seems fishy to me, you know, and not fishy on either side of the, like it, it just seems like a weird rumor. It's very weird. It's, it's from left field. As they say, it just, it just, it doesn't seem like it's just, it doesn't seem true to me, but again, this is just from someone that doesn't, has no information whatsoever. It just doesn't seem, it was very random. So I don't know what the hell is going on, but I wanted to ask, cause we are talking about Abigail, but I want to mention Becca and Thomas as well. You know, Becca is such a veteran of the show. I wonder if she pulled a veteran Wiley move and was like, she went to Thomas knew she didn't want to get engaged, but was afraid that Thomas was going to propose at the end of the show. So maybe she went to Thomas and said, listen, I don't want you getting pressured into proposing to me. I don't want to be in another. I I don't want another bachelor engagement, because when you think about it, Becca has been proposed to two times on the show. So if she got proposed to in Paradise, that would have made three times she Mm -hmm. left the show engaged. That's a ton. So I wonder if Becca was like, listen, I don't want you to propose. And I think it's probably be best for our relationship if we take the pressure off a little bit we break up we leave paradise broken up even though we know once we get out of this we're going to start dating again and work on this relationship and start dating in the real world and i wonder if she did that as an old veteran wildly move and thomas was like yeah sure as long as you know we're happy and we're on the same page let's do it you know i actually i think there's a lot of merit to that because yeah finally Something I say has merit. Watching the breakup between Becca and Thomas, Kaylin looked over at me and she was like, that's some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? That is really bad acting. Or like, it just didn't make sense in the context of like his reaction to what was going on. Like it was just, it seemed like a huge overreaction. And I, I, I hesitate to say that the acting thing specifically because I'm sure you've been accused of acting on the show. I've been accused of acting on the show Mm -hmm. and there's no truth to that for me, at least I'm sure for you as well. And so for me to say that about Thomas is a little unfair, but it just seemed a little contrived. And I I do agree with where you're coming from. It seems like that could definitely be the case, but 
I mean, I, you can't really blame Becca. Like, you know, like you said, she's been proposed to twice and both of those proposals have ended uh, without a marriage, obviously. So this kind of like let her regain some of the power on her own and, mm-hmm. and have a little bit more say, I guess, in the way things are going to go. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it was a good season. I, overall, I would say, you know, it's probably the first ever Bachelor show, Bachelor, Bachelor at Bachelor in Paradise that I've watched every episode of the season of. Wow. Aside from the ones that I've been on, you know, so like that's that's saying something, I think. I think it was a little more uh, a little more interesting than uh, I normally would give a show like that credit for. Compelling TV. Paradise is the best out of the three. Between Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelorette, I would much rather watch Bachelor in Paradise. It definitely is. It definitely like even this season, it kind of got drug out a little bit. Like there was a couple episodes in the middle where I was like, okay, like I'm ready for the show to be over. And it's sidebar. It's the perfect show to like watch because I could like sit on my phone and do a crossword puzzle or like scroll Instagram and I could put my phone down for 10 minutes, get back into it and then like be bored. So pick up my phone again. It's like one of those shows where you can kind of tune in and out of. It's a little mindless, but that's the purpose of it. That's what makes it so good. Yeah, exactly. And then with Bachelor and Bachelorette, it just seems so much longer and there's like so much less uh less variation from episode to episode like yeah you kind of are whittling it down but it's just uh it, it just seems like a little bit more drug out my i think my attention span maybe isn't what it, what it needs to be for a show like that for the bachelor bachelorette but yeah yeah i mean listen i want the show to last forever the show is very beneficial for us i love the show i'm extremely grateful for the show but yeah paradise is my favorite by far wasn't Jesse Palmer uh, announced as the host of Bachelor? Yes, he was officially Jesse Palmer. What are your thoughts about that before we get? Well, to I was going to ask you. I've never met the guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, fine. I, I like Jesse Palmer. I, I've we I Ashley and I have met him once. He was very nice, very cordial. He knew who we were, which was so humbling. Um, so I'm definitely excited for him. I feel like they've been grooming him to be Chris Harrison, Chris Harrison's replacement for quite some time. I mean, again. There's definitely a part of me that misses Chris on the show. I, I, I do. I, I, he's just been such a staple in the franchise. He's a friend. I miss, I miss hearing his voice. Don't call me creepy. But you know, when it's like the intro and Welcome to Paradise, and you know, the most dramatic season ever. Like it was such a funny gag towards the end, but it was, it was nice to have. Uh, so, I think you know he's. I don't know. Is he? Oh God, I keep fumbling over my words. Is he going to be the host moving forward, or is he just this host for this upcoming season? And then we're going to see where this goes. I mean, I am the wrong person to ask that question too. I would imagine they probably put him on like a one season contract with the possibility to extend it. You know what I mean? So, like, let's see how the first season goes, and then go from there. I do remember, and actually, it's funny because I think you and I attended this showing together. That show, listen to your. Was it listen to your heart? No, yeah, it was listen to um, your heart. Good job. The proposal. The proposal. Oh, that's right. We we were in the audience with uh, Nick. With Nick and like I think Courtney or Lily was there with us too. That horrible, horrible show. He was the host of that. <laughs> and, how you uh, really feel. He did a pretty good job of it. He was. I mean, dude, we were talking. To, we called him One Take Jesse. <laughs> one Take Jesse. Yeah, dude. He's a he's a he's a professional. And so you got to give the guy some credit. Uh, I, I again, I don't know anything about him. I know that he played football. Uh, I, that's about it. I didn't know anything about Chris still don't really know much about him, but, uh, I think that's kind of like, that's kind of what you want out of your host, you know, like a little nondescript, um, little vanilla, a little bland, because if they're a little too out there, then they're going to take away from kind of the, the, the interest of the show that's going on. So I'm excited to watch, I guess. Um, we'll yeah, see how it goes. I'm definitely excited for him. I think, uh, I, I think he'll do great. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, if it's not going to be me, Jesse Palmer is a good choice. I agree. It's funny, actually. I got a lot of uh, a lot of backlash for my hosting on Paradise in the final episode. What type of backlash? It's pretty hard, actually. I'm curious to know how did it go for you? Did you have like lines that you were supposed to recite, or were, did they just like basically send you and Ashley out like a gist of what to explain to everyone? I mean, they gave us a, like a general idea of what was going to happen, but no, no lines or anything like that. We just kind of so they gave they gave Kaylin and I like full on scripts. Oh. And we didn't have much time to memorize the scripts. And even if we had more time to memorize it, like we're not, you know, we're not good at, like we're not actors in any sense. So like we came across very robotic and it's so funny in the moment I was like, wow, I crushed it. And then watching the show back, I was like, wow, that was really, really, really bad. And then 
the time that we didn't have a script where they were just like, okay, just kind of like free ball it. They didn't air any of it. So there was probably like a good 30 minutes of conversation with a lot of the girls right before they went down to the uh, proposal area that didn't get aired. There's a couple things up in the Palapa that didn't get aired. And I'll be honest with you. I, th- I didn't think that any of it was going to get aired. I thought that's how bad it was. So the fact that we were even still on, on TV, in my opinion, is a bit of a blessing. So um, it's interesting to hear that you didn't have quite the structure that we did, I guess. Well, they just, they, you know, they know we're naturals. They're like, hey, just put Jaron yeah. and Ashley in front of a camera. Magic's going to happen. They got to cover all their bases when they send me and Kaylin down there because <laughs> we, uh, if they gave us too much freedom, we're going to mess everything up royally. Or make great TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably the former. Flip a coin, uh, really. Well, it could be both, I guess, at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive, right? Uh, sometimes they are. So we have some very special guests uh, who are currently in the waiting room. They are family of our iHeart family, which means they're family to us. And we will announce who they are coming up after this quick break. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All 
All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Dean, myself are here. We have some very special guests. Now, if you listen to this podcast on a weekly basis, you know that we love our producer, Riley. Now, Riley has been here for a very long time, and without her, this podcast would not exist. And we have some very, very special guests who are actually Riley's parents, uh, Zeus and Stephanie Pelusis. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. We're good. Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks so much for having us on. So uh, full disclosure, do you listen to this podcast? Come on now. You can be honest. We do. We do. We do. How about oh. I, have some, I have some ideas for the coffee shop. So we'll talk. Oh, after. my God, okay. please. Yeah. Just so you know, Zeus is a marketing genius. Uh, yeah. So he's got some good ideas. I got some I got some ideas for him. And uh, we're we're not going to skydive, um, but we're going to definitely <laughs> go. We're doing a stunt driving class. So maybe that'll help us, Dean. All right. OK. I, I respect it. It's always nice to talk to a listener of the podcast, you know? <laughs> well, the reason, the, the main reason why you're here is because you guys have a YouTube channel out. We're disrupting your uh, your demo and we're creating our own demo. Yeah. Tell us about it. So it's it's called Empty Nesters Unite. And uh, we started it, actually started working it about six months ago. And it basically is, everybody's coming off a really difficult time for the last uh, couple of years. And we just thought, you know what? There's a lot of craziness going on in the world. Let's just do something fun and get some of our friends who are also empty nesters and just smile again and do something fun. So we, we launched the channel uh, about what, a month ago, probably. And I don't even know. Maybe Not three even month, weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And uh, we've got 40 shows done in the can. And wow. we've traveled. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know what? This is a time in your life where you've raised kids You've said goodbye to your kids, and then you look at each other and go, hey, you know what? We were married before we had kids. We were people before we had kids. Let's celebrate. Yeah. And so we have just been having a blast, and our whole goal is to unite a bunch of other people out there. They're just like us. Yeah. So how long have you guys been empty nesters for now? When was the last time? When was the last kid that got out of there? Well, well it depends on whether they come back. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> During COVID, we were right. not empty nesters again. Uh, and so we ended up, uh, it's probably been, I don't know, maybe six or seven, six years. Or seven years, probably on, okay. on and off. Yeah. Depending it on took how- us a while to sober up before we came up with a good idea. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, wait, is this real life? We get to we do things that we want to do now again, finally? Let's just say we rediscovered every room in our house. Nice. Nice. Right. I think your daughter might be listening to this wow, podcast. Wow, yeah, Riley. Any, uh, anything you want to add to that <laughs> there one? She is. Yeah. There she is. If she's not red enough, I am. So <laughs> I love it. Wait, so do you guys um, do you guys have your job still or are you guys retired or what's the status of the, the job situation? So I'm, I'm actually still working full time and uh, my business partners, I have a, an ad agency and a tech company. So I'm working full time and my... Um, business partners, I told them at the end of last year that we were going to start this and they're like, great, we love it. And uh, they've been completely supportive and it's been fun. Sweet. That's amazing that you can do both. That's, that's, that's great. So what, what has life changed? Uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's been seven years, but then plus COVID kind of took a year and a half off, which I'm sure was like actually probably nice to have your kids back in the house. Yeah. Riley and I had so much fun. Yeah. How has your, how has your life shifted more than anything else between those uh, two, I guess, lifestyles of having the kids in the house and then not having them there anymore? Well, we actually get to do anything we want, whenever we want, where we want. Yeah. And as soon as they moved out, we got a huge raise. So we had a lot of extra money to spend. So <laughs> nice. Okay. And then also for clarification, because I actually didn't know that uh, empty nesters meant that the kids are all out of the house. But yeah. so for all of clarification, everybody listening, empty nesters means you when the kids all move out, the parents get the house back. So now you guys are empty nesters. So my yeah. question is, do you prefer the kids in the house or out of the house? I don't know. You know what? There's still some days where I wish we had our little family back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they both live close. So we see them often. I, I long for those days. I don't think a mom ever doesn't long for those days. But you just have to convince yourself it's time to move on and yeah. enjoy yourselves again. How many kids do you have? We have two. We two. have Riley and then also um, our son, who is 30 years old, who works, actually nice. works in, in, uh, in the uh, advertising world as well. Yeah. If you had a choice, because now I'm going to put you in the spot, because I'm so, so, I'm so curious about this. My wife is pregnant. We're due in February. 
and I'm I'm interested to see how much my life is going to change. And so my question is, you know, so many people are like, oh, I can't wait till kids go to college, get my house back. So do you, that's why I wanted to ask, do you prefer the kids in the house or out of the house? So if you had to choose and you're like, okay, I get, I get to either have my kids as kids in the house again, or the way it is now, kids are out of the house and it's just to us two, which one would you choose if you had to? What would I choose? You'd choose with the kids in the I house. I would choose the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? I would choose the kids being young, knowing what I know now. <laughs> not as teenagers, not as pain in the asses. <laughs> just, even if they were little, like you'll you'll find out you you don't even know what to do when they get there. You're like, what? You just handed me a baby. What am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> and then you grow with the kids. Yeah. And I would give anything to have my kids back, but I would like to have our financial position, and I'd like to have my wisdom, and then yeah. it would be perfect. That's what uh, that's what's so great about the grandkids, right? Exactly. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta maintain the empty empty nesting and you have the uh the 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 knowledge that you were able to gain. So I guess Riley, who's listening to this, Riley, if you want to chime in, um, one of these days we have to make that a reality, right? Look, um my brother's older and married, okay. so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that up to him and let him take the wheel on that. Um, but we'll see. Well, she can put the pressure on him. Well, Riley, now that your parents are empty nesters, mm-hmm. do you have any questions for them? What is the worst thing that Tucker and I ever did? Like, who who takes the cake on the worst thing ever? Ooh, nice. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Were you, Riley, you never did anything wrong. Yeah. Oh, Riley, what a goody two-shoes. Oh, my bad girl cover. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, right? yeah. Such a bad Except girl. Except for that short stint in, pri- in prison, that, that, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, that was only a six-month sentence. We can skip yeah. right over that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Riley was like so eat. She was such a good girl. She never did anything bad. Yeah. And if she did anything bad, she'd tell us. She'd tell her right away. <laughs> so how was Tucker? Tucker was a good kid. He did. We found out later that he did some naughty things. After he moved out, like after he moved out, he told me, I'll remember, you know, I, I, he would kill me if I told you the things he did. But well, we got to know. Give us like the, the most mild of all of the things. Uh, oh, well, if he told his mom, it can't be that bad. True. So he and his buddy used to go down to a place called the Back Bay that was near our house. And they used to go on hikes. And what we found out later was that they were going down and, and having a few beers. Well, they had all uh, this stuff. Stored they had everything down stored down there. It wasn't bad. But there were, you know. We were in one trip. We were actually, it was pretty funny. We were in uh, Barbados and we thought, gosh, we're, should we just let Tucker, you know, he was 15. He was 15. We had let him have a beer. It's legal here. Let's just, you know, he's with us. He's so with us. You know, we really him. thought a lot about it. And then we're like, yeah, okay. So we got him a beer and he just, just downed it. And downed we it. both looked at each other, went, oh my God. And we're like, obviously not your first beer. And he said, out of the country. And so. <laughs> But you want to know what's funny about that is you you're learning more about your kids, obviously, as they grow up and they like decide to start telling you more about it. It's also flipped around. Like I'm sure Riley and Jared can both attest. The older you get, there's things you're finding out about your parents that you never would have guessed before. Like I remember uh, when I was like 20 years old, I found out my dad smoked weed or like my mom smoked weed or something while we all lived in the house. And I was like, there's no way my parents were smoking weed in the house. But like, sure enough, it's the truth. So it's like, I want to know, like, Riley, maybe even like through the YouTube channel that you watched with the Empty Nester YouTube channel, have you learned anything about your parents that you didn't know before when you were younger? Um, I've always known they laugh. They laugh a lot together, which I've always loved. Um, but I never knew how hard of partiers they were. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're going to kill me. They, they love to drink and have fun and, you know, but I never knew, like, kind of, you don't see your parents as that, as partiers or, you know, young. So, I think I never really fully saw like how much fun they have together. Oh, that's going to be like a, a pretty rare thing to be able to have a, an insight into your parents, like social life. Because like you said, it's like, why would you ever go to your, I mean, yeah, you go to like, I guess gatherings and stuff, but everyone's a little bit different when they're just around their friends. And I'm sure if the kids are around, you kind of, you know, rein it in a little bit. So that's a very unique perspective you're able to, uh, to have there. It's, it's kind of funny actually, right? <laughs> Riley. And uh, Tucker, they were telling us, we were talking to him one time and uh, we have fortunately through my business do a lot of industry events. And so I was telling them about what we were doing and somehow it, we got home at like 4.30 in the morning. And I remember 
their jaws just dropping and the comment was who are you people so that's been like the running joke of empty nesters unite us like we want all of our kids to say who are you people <laughs> you know what we're people before we're parents yeah yeah a hundred percent. And it's hard to lose. It. So now that you're empty nesters, do you find when you talk to other people as well, not that you have lost certainly purpose in your life, but like you just said, you know, you're more than just parents. And I'm sure over the past 20, 25 years, it's been so focused on being a parent. Do you yeah. ever feel like you reinvigorated a part of yourself or rediscovered a part of yourself? I think for me uh, as a mom, and um, I was a stay-at-home mom, that you have to go through this process. And it's a process. First, you're excited to get them out into the world. You're excited. You know, they're probably going on to college and you want to pack for college. And then you come home and go, what am I going to do now? My purpose is done. And then they come back and you, you kind of go through a sadness when they first go away because you realize that they're probably never going to come live with you again. Mm -hmm. Well, that changes. And that changes. <laughs> yeah, a pandemic will change that. The great part is they become adults and they become people that you would want to be friends with yep. if you do your job well. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I want to go on vacations with my kids. I can't wait for them to have spouses. My son married the most amazing person ever. Aww. And then you just kind of, you know, for me, I had to really find a purpose for myself after my kids moved out. Um, for you, probably not so much because you just kept doing your thing. Yeah. And the, but I think doing the, the channel has been really fun. It's, it's given us a chance to really work together. We weren't really sure how it was going to work because we both have very different styles. So one of us is bossy. Yeah. Who do you think that? Who do you think <laughs> that? that? Yeah. <laughs> it ain't me. Um, <laughs> so. But it's just been it's been a it's just been a really fun, unique, different ex, uh, experience. And, you know, that for us, it's like the worst case scenario is we got a lot of video that, the, you know, Riley and Tucker can show their grandkids and go, look how ridiculous our, you know, our parents were. So it's just it's just a fun time to just go out and kind of goof off and and live life. Do you film and edit everything yourself? We film probably 70 percent of it. We have a great um crew that we work with that um, handles all of the uh, production part of it, editing, posting, cut down. Oh, that's good. It's a lot. And when you said you had 40 videos, I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's like a year's work. <laughs> I know. And you know, the great thing about it is the, the two brothers, they're our kids age. Yeah. And oh, so nice. we're having so much fun working with them because yeah. we've kind of adopted them. Yeah. Guys are yeah. table rock man. They're, they're just great. They work with 110 content creators and they just know their stuff. So it's been, it's been great. It, I mean, there's no way I could do that and try and run a company still. And, you know, we've got oh. 400 people working from home and trying to, yeah. you know, it's just 110 accounts. It's, it'd be impossible. Plus we're still figuring out how to post on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Cause I agree with Jared. When you guys said 40 videos, I was like, Holy cow, that literally is yeah. a year's worth of videos. And uh, my girlfriend does YouTube and she works her butt off on that stuff too. So I, that's, uh, that's impressive that you guys are able to do that. But, uh, I guess my, my thing is, um, I always kind of want to tie everything back to Jared. I live vicariously through Jared. Uh, I'm sure you guys can tell through the podcast. I, he, so, he, he lives kind of such a more, he, he lives such a more exciting life than me. There's no way he lives vicariously through me. Cause then hey, hey, excitement is all relative, right? It's all <laughs> yeah, subjective. subjective so I you, guess. you live a separate kind of exciting kind of life. I live a separate exciting life as well. Um, as you know, parents and now empty nesters jared of course is due in february with his wonderful wife and jared i know you've already gotten all the advice from your parents and her parents and all that kind of stuff but uh what what kind of advice do you have for jared coming into his uh firstborn child i know you're gonna say well you say what i'm gonna say it, that's the other thing too when you've been married 34 years you, you kind of know it yeah they <laughs> don't take things too seriously yeah. because <laughs> when you're a young uh new parent you tend to try and really hyper-focus on things. And, oh my gosh, and the, the best part about it is it all, they, it all works out. They all turn out fine. It's just one of those scenarios where you just have to, you know, just kind of relax and enjoy it. Don't miss the, don't miss the process. Yeah. So. And you know what? You, that's exactly what I would have said. Yeah. I remember how much we stressed about what kindergarten to send our oh son God. to. Yeah. And then like, I think we stressed more about kindergarten than we did college, but because by the time college rolled around, we were, we had finally figured out like, okay, it'll all work out. Yeah. You've got time. You've got a good 18 to 
28 years to be with this person, just raise someone that you would like to spend time with. Yeah. Well, then he'll be a massive Tom Brady fan. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I actually have that. I've been trying to have that same outlook on life, uh, not just with a kid, but of course, taking life seriously, but also um, trying to focus on the process. Like you guys said, specifically with opening up the coffee shop, it's very stressful spending money, not knowing if it's going to work out, hiring people. Am I going to fail them? Um, but I, I'm trying to also just focus on the process and, and really, uh, uh, f- you know, put my, uh, energy towards that and try to enjoy every aspect of it. Cause you know, one day, uh, it, you know, it, everything will be gone. So, <laughs> right. That's right. When you least expect it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the, I mean, you're doing it the right way and I congratulate you on doing that oh. because starting a business is really hard. It's really difficult. It's really scary. And 17 years ago, I was in the exact same spot that you're in. And you just got to go for it. And yeah. there's going to be things that are going to be horrible. There's going to be things that are great. But the bottom line is you're betting on yourself. And that's the best thing that you can do. And I fortunately had two really good partners. And, you know, we've been blessed and built the business up to, you know, a, you know, a very solid company. And, you know, it's, it's it's something that you will never uh, regret doing. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, I want to I want Riley to ask the last question here or actually, excuse me, answer the last question. So, Riley, if you could pop there, there's her Zoom. I have a question for you. Your parents have been married 34 years. If you could take one thing from their relationship and put it into the relationship you hope to have for 34 years of your life. What would that one thing be more than anything else? The one thing you could have that they have. They're, they're always thinking about the other person, what they can do to make the other person stay better or feel better. So I think I would, you know, I think that's amazing to have, to have somebody care so much about how you're doing and what you're doing and how they can make it better and always be there for you. I think that would be my one thing. Oh, look at him hug. (laughs) i feel like i'm at your family dinner (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) um well guys thank you so much for joining us can you tell our listeners where they can find your youtube channel absolutely it's empty nesters unite and uh we have are posting every wednesday and sunday at 5 p.m and we've got some great trips coming up and really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you guys it's been great yeah thank you and stay off those parachutes yeah, thanks for sharing your uh, your stories. Uh, we'll definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel twice a week. That's that's exciting stuff. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will uh, we'll make sure that Riley's on her best behavior around us at all times. And uh, obviously, we don't need to do that because you guys you raised her so well. But uh, yeah, thanks thank guys. You. And Riley speaks very highly of yeah. both of you, and said you guys are so easy to work with. Yeah. She's uh, she's under contract. She has to say that. <laughs> and congratulations on your success. It's yes. Really, yes. Seriously. Thank you, Stephanie and Zeus. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate Thank it. You. Have a good one. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer 
than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. That was so much fun. Riley, thank you so much for having your parents come on. They're the best. Please tell them that uh, they can come on anytime. And uh, maybe we can get some like baby stories about Riley and uh, see if she was a good kid or not. But we do have emails, of course. Dean's favorite part of the segment. We don't have Mark here. We do have Easton. If you're around Easton and you're bored and you're tired of hearing us talk, would you like to read the email? Hey, everyone. My name is Easton and I can read. Uh, let's do an email here. This is from Jess. Me and my boyfriend are five years apart. I'm 25. He's 30. And we've been dating for a year. I really fell for him because in the beginning of our relationship, he always seemed down to have fun and was super adventurous. In reality, I've learned that this guy is such a homebody and only wants to hang out with his family. I still want to party and have fun and hang out with my friends with my boyfriend. He has no issue with me going out, but he'd rather stay home. I hate this because when I'm out without him, I feel bad. And sometimes I don't even have as much fun because I wish he was there bonding with everyone like my other friends with boyfriends are. I asked him why he likes to stay home. He said he used to go out to distract himself because he was single at the time. And now that we're together, he isn't up for that life of going out anymore. Help. I do love him, but it's only been a year into our relationship. Can something this silly be a deal breaker? There's nothing wrong with our relationship except him not realizing we have an age difference and he's robbing me of my youth. <laughs> I feel like I'm turning 31 with him when I'm only turning 26 in a few months. Damn, 31. Wow. <laughs> the ancient age of 31. I know, right? We're wow. dinosaurs then. 31. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take the reins on this one first because it's a very similar situation to mine. And Kate. Well, not similar. I guess the ages are similar. That's about where the similarities end. Um, it seems like you're kind of worried. Uh, well, first of all, Jess, thank you for emailing us. It seems like you're kind of worried about all the wrong things. Like it's not a bad, like it, it would be bad if your boyfriend was trying to prevent you from going out. But the fact that he's like, yeah, go out and have fun with your friends. I'm just going to like be, be over here doing my own thing. I think that's totally healthy and totally normal. I think to end a relationship over that, especially if you really like the guy is a little uh, overdramatic, especially because there's going to be a point where you're probably 27, 28, and you're going to be sick and tired of going out and you're going to kind of be in the same boat as him. So it's like, as long as he's not preventing you from doing these things, I don't see really any issue with it. It's like your own guilt is kind of the thing getting in the way of you having fun now. Um, so I would say like, 
you know, it, it's better than the alternative where he's going out too much and you don't like him going out kind of thing. Like he's just comfortable being home and he's totally okay with that. So I don't really see an issue with it. I guess it, it would be nice to like have him out partying with you at times. Like you said, like you want to be able to experience that with him, but it sounds like that's just not what he wants to do. And he's totally okay with that. So just go out, have your fun, do your thing. And um, I don't see why it's even such a big deal. What do you guys think? I relate hard to this guy because when I turned 30, I didn't want to leave the house. I think it shouldn't be a deal breaker. I think what really has to happen is that your guys are going to have to sacrifice a little bit on each end for the betterment of the relationship. So Jess, some nights you're not going to be able to go out and you're going to have to stay in because you want to be with your boyfriend and he wants to stay home. And then other nights, your boyfriend's going to have to say, okay, you know, we didn't go out past few nights. You want to go out. Let's go get a drink. Like, I'll suck it up. Let me wake up. So that's really what I think it comes down to. I don't think this should be a deal breaker. I mean, the relationship's great. Come on, you guys can figure this out. Easton, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree. I, I don't think this is like a fundamental difference. Uh, and and Jess, you will you will get to the point where you don't want to leave the house either. Um, but I do think it just requires compromise, like like you guys said. Uh, he needs to suck it up and go out. I don't like going out. I never I never did. Uh, I don't like going to I don't like going to bars. I don't like doing anything. So I I understand where this guy's coming from. Um, but I, uh, want to make my partner happy. And if that is something she wants to do, I will do it, uh, as often as I possibly can. So, um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to like rag on Jess too much, but I, th I don't think he's robbing you of your youth. That that's stuck out to me. No. Yeah. I mean, there are times that you can go out without him. That's yeah. not robbing you as long as he's cool with it. He's not like the jealous type. And then you're not the jealous type. Yeah. You know, just, just do your thing. Uh, and compromise. That's the advice there. I agree. Compromise is definitely a good call. And I do agree with both of you guys. Like he should, he, cause you said, I'm the same as you. I don't love going out. I'll do it every once in a while to like appease the people that are like wanting to go out or whatever it is. Uh, and I think that's really what it boils down to is like, he should be willing to go out with you every once in a while. But like if you're going out every Friday and Saturday night with your friends and partying and all these things, and he doesn't want to do it every, you know, two nights a week, every single week, like that's totally normal. And my, the thing that I keep sticking to is like, you're going to eventually grow out of that phase of wanting to go out all the time. And you're going to be exactly where he is. And you're going to like, look back and regret the thing, like breaking up with him. If you decide to go that far, because you're going to like, you, you, you're just, you're not, you're not throwing your youth away by any stretch of the imagination. Like, like I said earlier, like if he was stopping you from going out and having fun with your friends, yeah, it'd be a different story. That would be one thing. But if he's not doing that, I think it's totally fine, totally normal. Especially if he's not the jealous type. If he's not getting jealous of you going out, because the only situation I can relate this to is when I was like 20 and I was dating my girlfriend at the time, she would go out a lot of times with her friends because she was a senior in college and she wanted to really remember these years and go out with her friends. And I would get jealous a lot of times because she was about an hour, hour and a half away. So I wouldn't, you know, I'd only be there once a week. And that definitely caused friction in the relationship because I was terrified, not because she would do something, but some dude would do something while she was drunk, which would turn into something. You know what I mean? So, uh, but, you know, I mean, if that's not happening and he's like, no, I trust you and, you know, you can go out sometimes. I would say he needs to suck it up once in a while and go out with you because he, you know, you're his girlfriend. He loves you. He needs to do that. But other than that, I think it's fine. Can I say, though, it is so nice having a girlfriend. And it sounds like uh, Easton and Jared, you guys are in a very similar boat that like, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a homebody, but I um, definitely don't like going out. Like I'll go out to the bar every once in a while with my friends, but it's so nice having a girlfriend that also does not really enjoy going out because it takes so much pressure off of like the concept of having to continuously go out and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, put a smile, not like put a smile on, like you're having, not having a good time otherwise, but it's just so nice not having that like pressure and anxiety of having a partner. That's like always dragging you out of the house when you don't want to be dragged out of the house, you know? So there is definitely a compromise somewhere. Maybe he's not your person, but, um, I think it's a, it's a silly reason to end a relationship over. Yeah. Is there anything else? Anything else you guys want to talk about this week? I want to ask Easton a question actually really quick. Oh, okay. Easton investigates. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and plug that real quick. I want to hear uh, more about this. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, I, I, I made a little video the other day. Um, 
I, there, there's a, there's some stuff that interests me that I can't get out of my head. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm going to start making, I just want to make some videos to like make the voices stop inside my mind. The voice. <laughs> so what are you like most interested in to investigate? Like, like, so the, the first step, I did the first episode the other day. You can mm. find this on my Instagram at Easton Allen. It's very well done. Thank, thank you, Dean. Thank you so much for noticing. Um, <laughs> there's a movie theater chain called AMC. You've probably heard about it in the news. Uh, and before the movie starts, they have this like pre-show of like people enjoying the theater and like saying like, Oh, silence your phones and stuff like that. And there's this video of a guy eating popcorn and he like, gets scared by something on the screen. He throws the popcorn all over himself. And it always made me laugh. I was obsessed with this guy. And then they changed it like a year ago to him just eating it like very intently, like not throwing the popcorn anywhere. The performance just like, burned into my skull i was so curious i was like oh my god i love this it's my favorite part about going to the movie and uh i i wanted to find him i wanted i'm like i need to track down this actor i wanted to learn more about it so uh i i got uh, you know my career in broadcasting started as a as a news guy i was a radio reporter back in the day i'm like i'm gonna put that hat back on i hunted him down i found him i interviewed him I got all the dirt on making that pre-show. I got all these in interesting facts and, uh, and I put it together in a little video and, um, I don't know how many, you know, I don't know how often I'm going to do this kind of thing, but like, uh, it's a little project I'm starting, you know, maybe, um, maybe there's something coming down the line about, uh, about Coke freestyle machines. Maybe there's something coming about, uh, Dr. Phil as an M and M. I, I don't know. Just the sky's Dr. the limit. Dr. Phil as an M and M or, oh, oh, that's right. He was an M and M. Wait, what was the second one you said? Coke machines? Oh, oh he's going to get his uh, M&M Dr. Phil little toy in the background over there. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Dr. Phil is an M&M. Where have I seen that before? It's my favorite image that has ever existed. <laughs> it's terrifying. It. So for the listeners out there that obviously can't see what's going on right here, now Easton <laughs> is holding up a framed, signed photo. I would assume Dr. Phil is the one that signed it. Of yes. Dr. Phil as a green M&M standing with his arms clasped, uh, clasped over him. I love it. So my, my wife uh, got this for me for Christmas last year. She's like, yeah. she said it's probably the only one that ever ex has existed. But um, yeah, stuff like that, you know. Um, how did you go about tracking this guy down from the AMC preview thing? Here's the thing about uh, investigative journalism. There's a lot of yeah. different avenues you can take. Um, I called AMC. I called production companies that were involved with the with the project. I could not get anywhere. I posted okay. on social media about how much I loved him and someone DM me and said they were his next door neighbor. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so I tried so hard to find him and I failed and then it fell into my lap as how um, did most I, things do. It fell into my lap. A, it's so funny that the next door neighbor knew that that was him. I wonder like, does he go around telling people he is that guy from the AMC previews or if his neighbor is just a big AMC moviegoer or if maybe they're, I don't know, you know, like what is, what is that whole situation there? Were you before the interview with this uh, young gentleman, were you nervous? What was your thought? Like, what was your, your emotional capacity going into it? I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Um, and I, I, I haven't interviewed someone in a long time, so I was rusty. And then also I had read on the message boards, this guy was going to do another podcast and he bailed at the last second. Uh -oh. So I'm like, that's going to happen to me. I'm nobody. You, you know, he was going to do it with um, Slash Film. That's like a film blog that like, they're, they're kind of big. He bailed on them at the last second. So I was really nervous about that. But no, he kept our, uh, it took a month to nail him down, but I got him. Is, this quite, guy, is he just in high demand? What's his deal? He's quite the jet setter. He was, uh, mm. he was doing a lot of traveling. Uh, and, I mean, he's uh, raking in off those royalties from AMC, obviously, right? I mean, they extended his contract another two years. He's, <laughs> he's really making, Damn. I mean, we cover all this in the interview, but, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's quite the, uh, quite the, uh, actor these days, but, um, it's, it, he's a really cool dude. And, and I learned so much about this like silly little video that made me laugh. And, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Like, um, interviewing somebody again it's been a long time most importantly did it uh did it scratch the itch that you had did it was it able to quiet down the voices that that you seem to not have been able to turn off <laughs> yes yes it did it, it very much did uh it made me feel fulfilled creatively and um it's one of those things like i mean i know you guys both do stuff <laughs> i don't care if anyone <laughs> like watches it <laughs> um or enjoy or even enjoys it for that matter i just like needed to get that out of my brain and, uh, and now it's out and I can finally sleep 
and uh, until the next the next one. <laughs> well, nice. well, you said something about Coke. Well, that you got the Dr. Filipina M&M. What was the second one you said? Uh, Coca-Cola Freestyle. Have you seen these machines? They have them at movie theaters. They have them at like Seven uh, Elevens. They're the um, they're they're a touchscreen Coca-Cola yeah. machine where you can like mix and match. Yeah, yeah. That machine has a very very interesting story, and it has um, ties to uh, advancements in medicine. It's um, it, it it's it awakens weird things in people's brains. I, I there's a lot to unpack with the Coke freestyle machine. And I'm, I'm in the middle of diving into that thing. Oh my God. We cannot wait. Easton so investigates. That's, that's the next one I'm doing. <laughs> you want to know what's funny about those machines? Uh, my personal experience is there's almost too much choice, right? You have like the paradox of, of choice with those things because yes, you, you have all, cherry, vanilla, blueberry, root, like all these things. And I get up there and every single time I just do like regular Dr. Pepper or regular Coca-Cola. Cause I like, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the machines. It's too much power for one uh, man to wield. And I'm sure like, I'm sure you're going to cover all this in your next East investigates episode, but like, it is terrifying for me every time I see one of those machines. It's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating because yeah, when you're faced with the power of the gods, what do you do? You get, you get tap water, you know, like <laughs> most people freeze up. It's so Ooh. interesting. Can I say something real quick? Please. The water out of those machines is phenomenal. <laughs> it comes out, it comes out a 10th of a degree above freezing. It, it might as well just come in as an ice cube. It is, it is so cold and so pure. It is, it is maybe the best place to get water is those machines. One investigation I want to do is why the Coke, the Coca-Cola at McDonald's from the fountain <laughs> machine is a thousand times better than any Coca-Cola I've ever had in my entire life. They changed the CO2 level. I don't care what anybody says. McDonald's done something to their Coke to make it like when I drink their <laughs> Coke, like my face, like it like gives me tingles. I think- I think Easton's got some inside scoop here. He's about to drop on us. <laughs> Do not get me started. Riley, <laughs> stop the timer. This show's going over. Okay, here we go. All right, well, we got to get going anyway. Yeah, we're definitely too long. But I want an Easton Investigates on the Coca-Cola and McDonald's because I know you're on the same page with me. There's something in there. They do something to that Coke. Listen, we can't we can't stymie this guy. Easton, you got to tell us what's I, going okay, on. Really quick, really quick, really quick. They, so, okay, uh, Jared, at your at your coffee shop you're probably gonna have a soda fountain right yeah you're gonna have a soda out of like a little tap thing yeah here's what here's what you do uh at most places in your coffee shop included i'm afraid you have cold water coming in and then you have a box of syrup and the, yep. the cold uh carbonated water mixes with the syrup that's what creates soda the syrup is sitting at room temperature oftentimes above because it's sitting in like a storeroom yes it's hot so what happens is the uh the soda comes out it's like mildly cool and then when you put the ice in, the ice melts, waters it down, then the soda is cold, but it's a watered down soda. What McDonald's does, they chill the syrup. The syrup mm. sits in a cooler. So then when the syrup mixes with the water, it's already ice cold. So when you get it, it's nice and crisp. And also the last thing, Coca-Cola makes an ice filter that they only sell to McDonald's. Sons of hmm. bitches. I, I worked with a dude at a movie theater who owned a sandwich shop and he's like, I tried to reverse engineer the filter and I couldn't figure it out. What does this filter do? <laughs> it like filters the ice and it filters the water in a way where it reacts with the Coca-Cola products in like a very unique and mm. delicious way. And it makes magic happen. I'll tell you that. Yes. And that's why the McDonald's and Coke is so good. What does a chilled syrup, I feel like it would, it would make it more challenging for a chilled syrup to mix with the colder water, right? Like the warmer the syrup is the more active the molecules will be for the mixing process the more the more viscous it is and the easier it is to flow through the tubing but right. you know and that's where the precision of the coca-cola and mcdonald's mm. comes in you know because you, you i mean it. we're really getting back into 10th grade <laughs> chemistry right now. if we're talking about <laughs> viscosity of syrups for coke machines yeah that's when you know we've gone a little too far but i agree yeah. with you it's, it's an interesting concept and i'm sure it's a very very fine science that it that clearly some people have really figured out <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it. I think yeah. that's a good place for us to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easton, I'm excited to see more East Investigates out of you, man. You're, uh, you are just, you're probably one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. I hope you know that. Um, thank you, Dean. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, big thank you to our guests, uh, the Pelusises. Be sure to check them out at Empty Nesters Unite YouTube. They post every Wednesday and every Sunday. Um, big thank you to Jared for at least watching a little bit of the Bachelor in Paradise finale and then You're speaking welcome. on everything as if he had watched the entire season. 
Really appreciate that. Um, that's going to about do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week because we're probably going to suck just a little bit less. Follow Help I Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.